And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mike. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mike. My name is Dr. Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. And hi, I'm Thrusha Gudwatna. I am a cardiology registrar with a special interest in intervention. Intervention. Whoa. You know, that's interesting because... The, the coolest thing about you, Thrusha, is the thing that's most radiological. Don't you think that's cool? It's like the most radiological part of your job is the coolest part of you. Otherwise, you're no. just a cardiologist. No one cares. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't get me confused with an image, imaging doctor. That would be the... That's the radiology side of things. We're, the, we're kind of... We're like surgeons, but we're nerdier and, you know, we don't have to deal with any bad smells, so... That's pretty much what the interventionists say. There you go. Did you yeah. know that? That's what they would mm. say. We're just like That's, surgeons, really. Yeah. Everyone wants to be a surgeon at some point in their life, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. One day. Yeah. So it's been a difficult. I mean, it's not. It's been a weird week, hasn't it, Thrusha? We were so like, I think weird. we were messaging each other, like, you know, do we have enough to talk about? You know. And as a week went on, Smed Twitter is just a gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? It's Unbelievable. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, um, <laughs> as the week goes on, don't we kind of, you know, like if, you know, you uh, you know, if you're out there and you've had some posts where um, well, we've had a few people who kind of go, oh, that'd be good for the podcast. And there've been a few mm. of those. And then bang, like today, it was just insane, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really nice. People are actually starting to tag us or message us, or message us and say, this needs to go on the podcast. This needs to go on the podcast. And so we're actually starting to have a bit of a community building around like mm. the podcast and talking about med twitter yeah. so um Thrusha, what happened in uh, med twitter this week what would you say what would you what would you think is uh, going well, on well there's there's obviously the big thing the big thing yeah which, i mean yeah that was big that yeah. Was, yeah so, so by mm. that we mean the giant the behemoth that is the mm. ivy grove surgery <laughs> and their 26 page document yeah manifesto oh. Yeah, yeah. It was actually 16 pages, which I read. Which oh, is sorry. What did I... Quite good. Uh, yeah. You I'm know, sorry. You know what? crazy. Yeah. That's pretty good for me. I don't do much reading, as you know, and um, I actually took my time out to read it. It was a good document. But I don't want to go I don't want to go into that so quickly. Let, yeah, let's fair talk enough. other things first, because that's such a big topic. There's mm. so much to talk about. Let's uh, let's talk about other things, and then um, yeah. okay. go, go on to that Well, later, you know, I, th- I think we should probably touch upon the fact that um, in recent weeks, there are a few things that really have seemed to resonate with people, and in one, in one particular thing was... Um, bullying Mm. and just you know the thing is there's this kind of sophisticated kind of bullying isn't there within our Mm. profession and so I have been sent a few stories that I I kind of wanted to um, to just kind of relay to you guys listening Um, but also uh, we were kind of talking amongst ourselves about um, what we should do kind of going forward because I'm sure that there as time goes on there are going to be other people who want to like tell stuff so you were to make a website right and uh... yeah so I'm, I'm in the middle of making it I, I, it's gonna be called twomedics.com uh, it'll probably take me over the weekend to get it done and then we'll make an, an email we'll make an email address as well which we'll share on our twitter feeds so that people do want to contact us and or have something that goes in the podcast or i don't know maybe you want to get involved in the podcast you guys can actually email us and get in contact it's a lot easier than mm. the way it is at the moment I think it'd be a nice so, change yeah. from me listening to my own and your voice. I mean, you're just <laughs> kind of getting my nerves. Oh my god! Right, well, you know what? I, is, is it really sad? But I actually, listen to our, our own podcast. Oh, <laughs> after it get, yeah, I do, I do. Just to, I don't know. Like, I got this paranoia. Like, oh, did, did I say something bad? Does it sound yeah. okay? Could I have done better? And then I do actually end up listening to it at least once. At least once it gets released. 
Um, maybe I just like the sound of my own voice. Maybe that's yeah. part of the issue. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, so, so yeah, you're talking about difficult. Uh, yeah, we're talking about bullying. Bullying is uh, something that keeps seems to resonate with a lot of people. It's a shame, actually. That is something that um, so many people relate to. So many people relate to. So many people have messages about this. I mean, mm. we've talked about it extensively uh, amongst ourselves. Um, and there's just so much going on. But like, just leaping into one of the tweets, which was from uh, a doctor colleague called Bryony. It was out there, which mm. was where she um, she got kicked off the ward uh, essentially because she was told there are too many doctors in the nursing area and there's no mm. there's nowhere for them to work. And that's a really common problem, right? Mm. The number of times that I've been on a ward and oh my god, there's like a computer that's marked for nurses only right and mm. I'm like, don't touch the nurse's computer and mm. the thing is is that it's very difficult to kind of challenge that if you're being chucked mm. off oh, that's my computer like mm. um it's very difficult to challenge that without coming across as uh, you know slightly aggressive or being like an arrogant doctor or whatever which is always mm. the risk isn't it that mm. any interaction that's slightly challenging with the nurses is might be interpreted in that but way this is a, now we're in a weird situation because just last week we were talking about how doctors shouldn't leave the wards Right. And now mm. you're saying we shouldn't be like in the vicinity of the, you know, shouldn't be seen. It's just a bit, I don't know. I, I do Schrodinger's, find... Schrodinger's doctor, isn't it? You're kind of yeah. there. and yeah. yeah, exactly. I just, I find the whole thing really odd. Like, um, I, I think there, there, I've been in situations places where there's no actual mess room for the doctors. There's nowhere for the doctors to actually hang out. And I, I don't think people really realize how important it is to have like a central hub for everyone. Mm. Although having said that, once I became a, a radiologist, I avoided the central hub. I never actually went to the mess room ever again once I became a radiologist. Mm. Um, mainly because you had our own red room uh, and most of the places I worked, which is quite oh. nice with our own yeah, little okay. area. Yeah, yeah, it was all, all very... I mean, I we didn't have the pool that. table or anything like that, but we had okay. a TV and all that. We actually, wow. I think someone brought in a PlayStation as well, so we were able to play games and things. No way! It was kind of cool. But it was like a PlayStation 2 or something. Someone just donated it and we ended up... Oh, God, a PlayStation there. 2, what a nightmare. Um... No, it was good fun. It was good fun. But I think what I did, at Chelsea, I did go to the mess room during an on-call once. And I just felt so uncomfortable, just so uncomfortable, because I just thought someone is going to just find me and ask me for a scan or something or find, ask me who I am and why I'm oh, not reporting. I see. That's and, what it uh, is. You know what I ended up doing? I ended up going across the street to Carluccio's and having a meal. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Instead, yeah, well, that's the, calls, yeah. I mean, that is one of those things, though, isn't it, where people say, well, as a counter, if you're using the kind of nursing uh, computers, then... I guess you you are going to get um, more um, requests to do stuff. I guess mm. that's going to happen maybe anyway. But you're more likely to get interrupted with things that may may just be addressed but, uh, naturally if you weren't there. Um, and what is what is this called? Have you noticed like when they're when they're redesigning hospitals and stuff, they do, they don't tend to um, design them with doctors in mind like there's no there's um with the new ucl hospital did they have a doctor's mess there like i remember like the, that being a thing like oh yeah they didn't bother putting I mean, a mess in i didn't mm. know that actually i mean i, I yeah. never worked at uch um i know we were students there but I, I might not have made it to those sessions so i don't i don't really know um what <laughs> well, the uch setup was it's like. it's quite common like you papworth you know um okay from what yeah. i heard like the uh, the uh, the consultant offices all got rid of and and the, for, for cardiology anyway i don't have mm. a you know but like um and then they all kind of expect to kind of hot desk maybe two desks or and this is mm. a kind of erosion of doctors areas like what do you do you think there's something insidious going on like what is that i don't know you know with radiology though like I th a lot of us went to home reporting like I, I said last week a lot of us went to home reporting more once the covid situation happened so in reality the offices weren't being used as much and i actually share my well i do have an office you know quotation marks i actually share with two other guys but there's two computers in that room but we're never normally around at the same time to be able to really bump into one another 
Um, and so it works. So we're kind of hot desk with, with, with one another and we're, we're actually very good friends. So it, it doesn't matter too much like what happens with regards to the stuff in there. But I do feel like it's a bit, little bit of a waste of space. Um, sometimes. Well, oh my god dragging you away from the life of a radiologist like <laughs> for god's sake i like you know i'm talking about the, the junior doctors who are kind of expected to do like ttos and stuff mm. and then but where are they supposed to do it like what what do you yeah. think the, you know the what? thinking that is? is true yeah i mean do they not i mean when i was uh when i was a junior in baz we actually had like four or five computers sitting there and then you know the, the juniors used to just kind of do the ttos right there in the red in the um in the um, uh, doctor's mess room, right? Yeah. And it's quite nice. You'd be like, there was Sky TV in the background and you'd be chatting with each other and having your coffee and just kind of getting through some of the paperwork. But um, I don't know, I haven't actually looked for it again. I mean, I work at the same place now that I was a junior doctor. I haven't looked for it to find out whether that place still exists. But, but like, yeah, it was a nice hub. It really was. Like you got to know each other. You got to have a bit of camaraderie and, you know, it was nice. It was, I remember having a, reg, um, having a, um, a mess room and I, I liked it a lot actually. Mm. And so why do you think that's going? Yeah, why do you think yeah. that's being eroded away? I don't know. It's difficult to really know. I mean, I mean, I feel like so much of being a doctor and so much of the whole community feel is going. We've talked about this with regards to what it's like to have, um, you know, have um, when you're on a ward, you know, when you're on um, a firm and stuff. That's kind of degrading, isn't it? Like uh, over time, it's kind of becoming um, people are coming coming in and out of these these firms and stuff. Uh, it just feels like the whole thing is becoming a little bit um, less community, you know. It's not so much about, you know what, I know I keep quoting books. I know I keep quoting books. But there's another book by a guy called Tony Shea. And um, it's called uh, Delivering Happiness. And it's about this, um, how he built a company called Zappos, which eventually got bought out by Amazon. And it's a very, very interesting book because a lot of the, a lot of his, like, he actually unfortunately passed away, but a lot of his um, eventual life was based on the idea on how to make his employees happy. So in the beginning, he made this company called Link Exchange, and it was like a company with his mates and mates of mates, and it was really fun. He had a really good time putting it together. But once it became really successful, he started to get people that weren't thinking about Link Exchange as a place to hang out with your buddies. It was about it becoming a stepping stone to the next step of what they wanted to do, completely changed the culture of the entire workplace, and actually made himself very, very miserable, and he sold off to Microsoft. Mm. Um, for a hefty amount of money. So then when he made Zappos, he made it very, very important that, you know, he would vet very carefully the kind of person that was coming in and really care about the community. And he found that by having a really good workforce who you were part of the same ethos and really worked together, he had more out, out you know, good output. People are happy to come to work and work harder. And that's, you know, it sold Amazon. I mean, Amazon bought them. They wanted them back that badly. And so I just we, wonder whether the NHS could do something like that. Don't you think like, why, well, don't, I mean, why are we not keeping ourselves happier? Yeah, I mean, you have this ready-made workforce of people who are very, very passionate and committed, right? You, you just have to look at the kind of young medical students to see that they're um, they're passionate, they're keen, they do all mm. these kind of extra things just to get into medical school, and mm. then it's a hard slog. So why is it that suddenly when you become a junior doctor that you're just kind of uh, in, just put into this situation which is completely demoralising? For example, you know, whenever, whenever the hospital's like... Uh, struggling for beds and stuff it's always like oh yes all the TTOs need to be uh, need to be done by eight o'clock the next morning like as if like it's it's the TTOs this, the, the whole reason <laughs> there are no beds because the TTOs have not been done we need the TTOs <laughs> is the TTOs um, we need a red degree 
Yeah, yeah, discharge, discharge summaries. summaries yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. Discharge summaries, red to green. Wh- mm. wh- why, where is, where's the F1? Where's the F1? Have they prepared the d- discharge letters? Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, the mm. whole hospital grows to a halt because some F1 forgot their password f- uh, mm. for the discharge letter program. It just seems a bit bonkers because at the same time, you're, um, as a, a, like, within management, no kind of special provision or at least it's very kind of limited and almost an afterthought is made Mm. uh, for that uh, purpose but you know i think there's a good and bad side to all of this right and um i can only thing is i know i talk about this kind of stuff a lot i can only relate with my own experience of things especially since things have changed fairly recently in terms of me becoming a consultant right so as we've talked about and we will talk about more and more how difficult it was for me as a registrar going through things yeah and i think we all share the same things we have difficulties managers seniors all being quite horrible the problem is if someone's horrible or you're not happy, what are you going to do? Like that girl, um, Bethan, Bethan who, who left neurosurgery, very, very brave thing to do, but not everyone has got that kind of ability, the bravery to do something like that. And so what you actually have is a, a workforce that are incredibly committed, who are passionate about something and aren't necessarily bothered by the monetary, you know, kickback they get from their work. And what, what do you think a corporate or kind of a manager would do with someone like that? They're going to take advantage of that situation because they don't have to make you happy. You're not going to, you know, when you've got, when you work for someone like Google, yeah, you're good enough to work for Google, you might go to Facebook. So you've got to, they've got to keep you happy. They're going to give you all sorts of stuff to keep you happy. And that's what they do. The NHS is not like that. But we're like that with patients as well. So if a patient comes into A&E and the the, um, the receptionist is rude to them, what are they going to do? They're not going to go down to the next A&E and then that A&E loses money. It doesn't work like that. Whereas when you look at the look at the way you know these other companies work, it's so they really think about the way you, they present you. Like they think about the shirt color that you wear. What kind of shirt makes you more you know more approachable, uh, and that would eventually lead them to get more gains. And I think we're at our own detriment here because we don't value ourselves. Yeah, that's what I feel. We don't value ourselves enough because we do so much hard work, but we kind of almost you know in quotation marks do it for relatively cheap, right? Considering what we're doing. So um, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to strike or? Well, we don't. We tried that, didn't we? It didn't work. Um, I think. I think we just don't kick up enough of a fuss. And part of the and it's so it's such a complicated issue, isn't it? Like if you kick up a fuss, you're going to be that person, the person yeah. that made a fuss. Even if you're on the right, you're still going to be that person that made a fuss, and that's going to stick, isn't it? I think doctors are quite difficult to coordinate, aren't they? So like if you say, for example, if you want a rotor swap and you send it to the WhatsApp group, it's like just kind of yelling into the void, or you know, um, you know, when <laughs> I remember I was trying to uh, redesign a clerking proformer. I don't know why I was trying to do that, but I was trying mm. to redesign a clerking proformer, and so I sent this email out going, oh, you know, has anyone got any suggestions? And you know. Mm didn't get any replies and then I did it you know just doing what I thought was good I think I stole like a template from somewhere and then when I did it then like people were just like when I see them in the corridor they'd be like oh yeah you should have done this and I'm like dude I, for ages I just sent out loads of emails like asking <laughs> you and nobody replied and what you're telling yeah. me now in the corridor uh, but the, it's very difficult to kind of it's like herding cats isn't it like uh, it's quite difficult to get doctors to to get agree because they'd be like well because we're always like well the other side is this and um, mm. it kind of uh, I think as a, as a group, we're not homogenous, are we? And yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. I mean, I've seen that a, a few times where like um, we've had we've had the situation where we've got your registrars who need the X-rays checked, and then um, you know for me it's like yeah whatever they take a few minutes I'll have a look at it, and some some people are like no where's that in my job plan? You need to put that in my job plan. If I'm <laughs> oh, gonna be nice. checking that, it's like 
I like. I never that, thought. Though. I never thought of that. Mm. You know, I never even thought that was a thing. But you know, that's yeah. what people. That's what people Smart. like. And so when you've got this sort of um, disparity between what people expect and what people, you know, what people expect to do and what people are happy to do, then it's different, isn't it? And I think. Um, I mean, it's, that's the. It's a good and bad thing. I mean, you've got a committed workforce that's so dedicated to the in the entire NHS idea, the mm. entire ethos of the NHS. It means that people will take advantage of that situation, right? Like for every person that's passionate about something, there's someone making money off of that or making you know taking advantage of that. That's what I think. Um, and so I think the, these things are a classic situation of where um, you know management thinking, well, what are you going to do I, if I take away your edge room or your your mess room? What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Sit like, on the floor. The space. Exactly. Sit on the yeah, floor. You deal with floor. it. Yeah. And we see it again and again and again. You know, doctors really, really underestimate how much they're worth, right? They really do. Mm. Yeah. And what's the answer? Difficult. I mean, until we really decide like we're worth something and worth fighting for uh, together as, as a unit, as a unit, I don't think very much is going to change, you know? Um, but, you know, like um, with, with, you know, with the neurosurgeon, we're talking about um, that girl, Beth, and I think she, she messaged today uh, on Twitter saying that she's moved on to a new place and people are quite nice to her. Mm. And that's a surprise, right? And um, I was reading that and I thought, you know what, I remember feeling like that very recently when I became a consultant, actually. And I went to work for a teleradiology company. It's a nice teleradiology company in central London. And uh, I turned up and they were so lovely. They're like, oh, Dr. Laskin, they gave me a nice little office. They said, do you want some tea? Do you want some coffee? Mm. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I'm lactose intolerant. Do you have like um, any, you know, uh, uh, do you have like milk that I can have? And they opened this fridge and they had every kind of milk you could think of. Oh Oat milk, all this stuff, right? It was unbelievable. They had a coffee machine and they even had a, they had a tap. Where if you press one side is cold water, one side is hot water, and the middle one will make fizzy water. You're this place impressed. was unbelievable. Well, you don't get that in the NHS. That's my point, right? That's my point. You don't get yeah. that kind of stuff in. You don't have people being nice to you. Yeah. And you go to like a corporate like company that I was in, uh, and still work for actually. Um, they're lovely. They're really, really lovely to you. Hmm. And uh, that's when things change because they need you so badly. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I feel like I might be stepping towards vain doc. I'm not trying to be vain doc here, you know, because yeah. I'm not trying to say corporate being corporate is a good thing. I'm just saying there's things we can learn from the corporate yeah. world and bring this, it across to the NHS. That's all I'm saying. This I'm, chest you know, X-ray report is this chest X-ray report has been brought to you by Apple. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> but, only uh, matter of time. Only yeah, yeah, as yeah, I'm consistently reminded on on my Twitter feeds. Oh, your job's gonna be taken by artificial intelligence. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, yeah, nice good one. Good one. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. Let's carry anyway, on. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm. So we speak about kind of neurosurgery, and there was that interesting kind of thread. Um, well, I mean, there there are people this week getting their mm. numbers and their kind of surgical mm. jobs and stuff and so there are quite a few kind of victorious tweets and then interestingly there was a bit of furore uh, about a kind of reaction a subtweet uh, mm. which was basically along the lines of saying well you know you can tweet you can tweet about your where you ranked and what you what specialty you did like am I supposed to care and then mm. there was like this really strong reaction to it so mm. um, and we were mm. talking about it weren't we because mm. the so that subtweet was in reference to a person who uh, got their neurosurgical tra uh, training number, which we've talked about before, is very, very competitive. They rank second. Mm. And mm. I saw I saw that you commented on it and you said, well done. So yeah. obviously... Well, I learned my lesson from, you know, being savage to the other person. I learned my lesson. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be horrible for someone oh. if they got what they want. So I oh, learned my growing. lesson. you're growing. That's you know? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's why yeah. I did it. Um, yeah. 
I mean, look, the, the the tweet was. I mean, it was interesting because you messaged me saying, "What are these? What are these? What are these guys talking about?" Because it said, "No one cares that you got second position in any subspecialty or something like that." And I thought, okay, so I, I tried to look it up, and I found the tweet that it was relating to, hmm. but I couldn't see what was. I mean, me personally, I couldn't see what was wrong with it. All they said was, "I got second place in uh, in the entire country, and I got the neurosurgical number, the uh, neurosurgical job that I wanted." So I mean. I, this is where we may have a bit of a difference. I mean, Thrusha, how did you feel when you read the actual tweet that it was subtweeting? Like, and subtweeting is where you tweet about someone that you haven't tagged, but you're oh, talking right. about them. They're kind of like so, talking behind their back, but sort of not. Right? Well, how did I feel yeah. about seeing the tweet where this person got ranked second for the... Yeah, yeah. So when you read, uh, they got they got second place. Like, how did you... If you're genuine feelings, how did you feel? Did you feel I was like... like oh, I was just like, mm. oh, cool. Neurosurgery. Awesome. All fired, you mean? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, that's what I felt like. If this guy was in the room, I'd high-five and say, that's amazing, man. That's mm. absolutely incredible. Mm. It's not like getting into GP, right? I mean, getting oh. second... <laughs> oh, the hate, the hate, I'm sorry. Oh. But you know, like, um, you know what I mean? Like, this is this is a big deal. And someone has got second place. This is a really amazing, amazing feat. And this is what consistently surprises me about social media, how open people are about their feelings, how much they're willing to put out there. And we've, I've talked about this before, there's some things I don't quite understand yet, like how, you know, like um, someone will write, I love my darling wife, um, I love her every day, happy anniversary. And I'm thinking to yourself, well, don't you live with each other? Like, can't you just like text that? Why do you have to put it on the internet? You know what I mean? Like there's these things I'm not getting used to, or I'm kind of getting, I'm trying to understand. So this person, it felt as though they were talking to their friends. You know, the, the wider internet, wider communities, their friends, and they want to say, listen, guys, I did really, really well. I got second place and uh, I, I got this. And unfortunately, people were quite, ne some people were quite negative about it, really, really negative about it. And it made me wonder, like, why? Why would you be negative that someone got second place or even first place? And actually saw someone who got first place ranked in the orthopedics number and got the first place job. Mm. I mean, why, why do you think anyone would be negative about someone doing well? Like, what is it? Do you think that's going on there? I think if it was, well, I mean, if I told my mum, like, oh, I got second place, she'd be like, what, why did you get first place? So yeah, my mum would be pretty negative about it. She'd be like, oh, uh, mate, excuse my mom, me. My parents gave up on that, I hope, a long time ago. Like, did, you, did you pass or did you not pass? Yeah. <laughs> did you make it or not? Okay, just tell me that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I guess, you mean they might be a bit jealous, right? I wonder, I wonder, I do wonder, because people were like, for me, I really felt good for this guy. I really did. Mm. And anyone that got what they wanted, I re genuinely, genuinely feel, I feel really happy for you guys that you get what you want. Because, yeah. you know, life's too short to worry about this stuff. I want you guys to move on, get your consulting jobs and have a nice life, I hope. And um, I just find it weird when someone can be negative about someone's achievements, you know? Well, maybe um, it's like, or maybe they didn't, I don't know. I think they went to the same, maybe they didn't like each other or something. But like, I just, um, yeah, in, yeah. This, in the same vein, I mean... Um, people tweet about stuff all the time, right? And mm. certainly there's stuff I like to I often tweet kind of pictures of my kids and people mm. must find that exhausting. But then there are other people who are like, oh, really cute. And I'm like, oh, thanks, mm. man. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm. I made them. Like, well, you know, 50%. <laughs> but like, I, um, I think people tweet stuff and whatever, like, does it have to, you know, yeah, um, you, you could tweet that you got changed out of your pyjamas that day or, or that you, you know, got into med poo, school. Which is what yeah, you do. Yeah, you exactly, exactly. A lot. And yeah. to be honest, like, that's great. <laughs> like, whatever, man. You know, like, you mm. said, more fire to you. Like, and there are people I follow who, like, tweet stuff like that. And I think it's awesome. I think it's really interesting. Like, whatever, man. Like, you just talk, mm. talk about whatever you want. And I think people, like, that's cool. And I think people mm. can also, like, subtweet and say stuff. I think, I think it's probably okay for for you to be like oh i don't you know i think that's shit or that's, i think that's really dull or something and you can subtweet it i think 
but I guess if they're kind of paths have to, I think if you're like responding to it, I think because I think there's a problem with Medfisa where it's not terribly consistent. For example, mm. so um, when Rachel Clark, she you know she wrote the, that book about COVID mm. and dealing with people mm. who are like dying, and pe- people are like, oh, you know, she, what does she know about it? Or it's a bit um, indulgent. I think people are saying people don't like that. Mm. And I just kind of wonder, like, where, what is acceptable to kind of like um, to lord? Like, mm. is it, you know, and what isn't? Like, who's who's arbitrating this, and mm. why? And sometimes I kind of wonder, like, the response to this neurosurgery guy was just uh, in general very positive, mm. and this tweet, the subtweet though, did receive quite a lot of like and stuff. Mm. And to be honest, like, if you don't. I mean, like, say, for example, if I saw that neurosurgery tweet and thought, oh, you know, I, I wish I was a neurosurgeon or whatever, and didn't like it, I'd probably just ignore it or mute it or whatever, you know? It's just like... Mm, but mm. I didn't think it's, like, not directly offensive. But I think, again, similarly, if I probably feel a bit jealous, then, like, you know, tweeting that I feel a bit jealous but in a roundabout way is probably also okay as well, like, as long as I'm not gunning for that person? Or is that is that too wishy-washy? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Like, you know... Um... Like I, this reminded me. Okay, so obviously my medical career wasn't great, but there was one point. There's gonna be, I'm going to talk about my highlight of my medical career was mm. first year med school, infection to defense module. I managed to actually study for once and get quite a high mark. I think mm. I was in the top twenty percent. So I was really mm. happy. I was really mm. pleased. Yeah. I'd never been anywhere near the top twenty percent ever, and I never did ever again. So yeah. there you go. But um, I remember I was in the lecture room and someone said something about, oh, you know, how did you do this time? And I was so happy. I was like, listen, yeah, I did. I think I did quite well. Like I actually managed to be in the top twenty percent, right? Mm. And everyone, someone said, are you sure you weren't in the top nineteen percent? And I was like, what? Oh, no, I said twenty percent. And then he was like, oh, you, you, maybe you were in the 18%. Were you in the top 18% Imran? And I was like, I, I have no idea what's going on here, man. Like, is everything cool, right? So <laughs> I just left it. Yeah. And then someone said to me, and I said to him, like, why, why did that happen? Why is that? What? I mean, I told him 20%. Was I saying something wrong? And he's like, he didn't like that you, you did better him than him. And that's why he, he, he was saying that. He oh. thought you were showing off. And I was like, oh, no, I wasn't showing. I wasn't trying to make people feel bad. This was an achievement for me. Like I'd never and, and evidently never did again be anywhere near that kind of percentage. And it was such a big deal for me that I felt like um, someone asked me and I told them. Mm. But that's when I started realizing or noticing that not everyone's always happy about your your success or, uh, you know, apparent success. Uh, and the same thing happened, you know, when I got managed to get a radiology number, you know, someone, a good friend of mine, a very good friend of mine who I've known for years, said to me, why would you want to be someone else's uh, bitch for the rest of your life by doing some of that radiology? It's such a useless thing to do. You're not a real doctor. And I thought mm. it might, may or may not be, but like it's an achievement for me. Like, why can't we be happy about it? And these kind of things happen again and again. And you realize that there'll always be someone that's not entirely happy about the achievements that you have. And this felt like one of those, like, I, hopefully the majority of people are happy for this neurosurgeon. Like, you know what, mate, that's an amazing achievement, what you did there. But you always have that subset that isn't happy. And I wonder whether there's growth that should be had on that side of things, you know, on that side of things. Like, as we grow up, we should be, we're hopefully getting better and better, at, uh, you know, um, developing and keeping control of our emotions. Like, look at your kid, Thrusha. Like, like they lose some, they lose their mind, don't they? Or, you know, something doesn't go their way. They literally lose their mind. And you see the, you know, as a child, your emotions are all over the place. But as you get older, you start to get better and better at, you know, trying to control your emotions, trying to understand like, why you're acting a certain way, why you're feeling a certain way. Yeah, I'm still holding That's out for think. that to happen to me. Yeah, I'm still holding out for yeah. that. Yeah, through sure. Same here, actually. <laughs> I do uh, occasionally lose it. But I, I just think that, you know, if, if you ever feel negative about someone else doing well, you should ask yourself why. And if it's because, if the emotion is that, you know, on some level you're, you are jealous, 
then uh, you should work on that, man. Like, we're all on our own path. We're all doing our own thing. Like, whatever. Just, like, be happy with people. Why be, yeah. why be annoyed about these things? I yeah, do. I don't know. I mean, I do kind of... I can empathise. Like, you know, for example, you and I were in the same uh, batch at school. And, like, mm. a lot of the people from, uh, from my year are all kind of getting consultant jobs. And I'm, like, a registrar. Um, mm. And so... But, like, at the same... I don't... I don't I I think th- I do think it's awesome. Like when I hear about um, s- stuff that you know, like your life and stuff, and I am like happy for you. Um, mm. And I have to remind myself sometimes, though, I have to kind of say, comparison is the illusion. No, it's the antidote to happiness. Comparison is the antidote to happiness. And I remind mm. myself that because sometimes I think, well, you know, they're, they're happy, you know. So why compare? Like why compare yourself? You know, because there's there's joy in my life, like, mm. and um, as nice as it would be to like finish and be a consultant, like I'm not I'm not there. So you know, that's just my life at the moment. But that's that's okay because like, but. Um, I think there is a problem with medicine where it is a bit of a conveyor belt and sometimes Mm. when other people um, seem to um, I don't know like seem to kind of like be moving on with their life I think there's also Mm. an issue with social media isn't it and I definitely found that with Facebook actually like I'd find that Mm. because people do say oh like you know all these amazing things and I'd be thinking to myself actually you know what what am I doing? What am I doing in my mm. life? Oh my god! Mm. I'm so and the, <laughs> but it's not like I don't know. There's a whole thing, isn't there, about the evil eye and be like ah and mm. like crabs in a bucket and trying to get mm. pull other people down. I don't, you know, I definitely don't want to do that. I, I can, um, but I, I definitely would find though that I would feel a bit depressed. So I can empathise with that feeling. I guess I, you know what you know Thrush it's interesting you, you mentioned that because obviously we have a lot of history with each other we went to the same school and stuff mm. but you may remember that um, you know like uh, I didn't pass my final it's the first time round right and so um, I ended up having to spend another year in med school and watch everyone you know become mm. doctors right and then um I, I relate to you completely. You know, I know. I know. Yes, now I'm a consultant, and you know, you're you're still a registrar. But the feelings that you have, I I'd still remember that because I remember like you guys, you passed, and all our friends passed, and I was sitting there. You guys had your graduations, and Facebook was like a newish thing, but everyone was putting their photos on Facebook of them passing, becoming doctors, and moving on. And every time I met people, people were having meta conversations about what they're up to. And I was sitting there like still a student. Actually, I, I was, you know, they didn't, I wasn't allowed to go back to med school for six months before getting back into med school and then finishing for the next six months. I went through that for six months. Mm. And so I know very, very, very well what it was like. And I remember feeling like so down and mm. out about it because it, it felt like everyone else was moving with that one with their life. And some people were talking about, you know, buying new cars and getting, you know, it was just lovely. It looked, it sounded like a really nice experience, right? Yeah. And then... You know, the thing about medicine is that there are some things that are pretty much inevitable if you hang around long enough. That's just the way it is, right? Genuinely, right. genuinely, right? You know, it may take you longer. It took me long, even though I did radiology, it took me longer to become a consultant than your, other, your average radiologist because I didn't do that well. I ended up having to repeat years. But it happened in the end, mostly due to perseverance and stuff. But mm. you usually get there. And I think too much of a, when I look back now, I think I wish I enjoyed the journey yeah. more than I did. You know, like I look back and I worried so much about I wanted to get to this point. I'm not getting to this point. People around me are getting somewhere that I'm not. You know, what is that? But you know what? Like, as long as you're healthy, you've got two yeah. eyes, you've got two hands and stuff. Like, you've got more than enough to be thankful for already. But what if and, you're not um, healthy? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Being alive, is, being alive is good enough for me, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. But you know what I mean? Like, um, I just think that I, I know what you're saying. And I know a lot of people relate to you and people and I relate to you and other people as well that and I, you know as someone who failed a lot I used to get a lot of people 
contacting me via social media saying, hey man, now I feel really down, I flunked my exams, all the people around me are passing, except for me. And I'd always say, listen, man, you're on your own path. Like you don't know where it's going to lead, mm. but I'm sure you'd be happy if you just carry on. Just like forget yeah. about everyone else. Blinders. Yeah. Do what you got to do and be happy with it and move on. You yeah. Know? Too that... much of life is taken away by worrying about other people are up to. That's true, actually. Yeah. And I, I've heard someone else say something along the lines of, oh, life is about the side quests that you do. You know, you mm. don't just want to rush to the end. Like you can enjoy the game. Um, yeah, which I kind yeah. Of like. You know, um, we should probably move on I think yeah so. yeah sorry yeah so anyway my advice to you if anyone that feels that way you know you're on your own path and carry on if you, as long as you're enjoying it carry on man like who cares who cares about it? consultant life's all right actually it's quite nice <laughs> you made it you made it <laughs> yeah yeah um right yeah so what else do we have this week I mean um well, well should we go to, should we go to it should we go to it or should we uh, touch on other topics well I, w- I wanted to kind of like just touch upon a few messages that I've gotten um, I want to do it anonymously mm. and like sensitively, but um, one thing that kind of resonated was this, you know, when I was talking about um, the weaponizing of mm. a trainee in distress and the problems mm. with supervision. And mm. um, one colleague kind of mentioned how they, when they were in F1, they had some issues with their registrar. And mm. I think it sounds like this was a kind of an ongoing theme where the registrar elicited behaviors that suggested that they have problems with kind of foreign graduate foreign or like foreign trained graduates um, mm. and also a bit of uh, transphobia and mm. um, basically because of the power differential um, mm. it the the problems that started off as uh, clashes on perhaps on a more personal basis became more like is this F1 suited to medicine? Um, is there, um, are they are they kind of struggling? Do we have like valid concerns about their, uh, their ability to kind of cope with the job, that kind of thing? Mm. And mm. I think they found that because obviously, I think part of, it's so hierarchical, isn't it, medicine? And so mm. um, when when the conversation gets shifted to, to that, then mm. I think people's attitude changes. Mm. And like, I think generally speaking, we can appreciate, or at least um, uh, when, when, when there's someone you know and they're probably, I don't know, they do something a bit out of, out of the ordinary, you can kind of go, well, I know mm. what they're like. They're kind of, mm. you know, I mean, they're just obviously having an off day and stuff and you give them that leeway. But when someone's very junior, um, mm. you're obviously at a disadvantage and you're vulnerable, right? And so then mm. when they um, are you know reporting behaviors to you they don't mm. always necessarily get the benefit of the doubt and i think yeah. this, this colleague in particular really struggled because um as an f1 there was this massive power differential and um have I you guess... ever been in the situation through for yourself like have you ever found yourself in a situation where someone is um doing something like that to you i had i mean not on that scale I mean, mm. this. Uh, so from this colleague, it sounded like this is kind of repeated behaviours, and they had to work together, and they got mm. through it. More, you know, you know, well done. They got through it. But I can imagine if this, if that was a situation that I were in, I, I can imagine that I'd have really struggled because as an F one, I was, I was, um, I was really naive, and I was, re- I think mm. I was really vulnerable. Like, um, I think I, um, I certainly 
learned so much from my SHOs. Like I was so lucky. I had some really patient and uh, mm. and I think as an F1, you're you're as good as the SHOs that you have around you. You just you just you know you just cop like I was just copying them, and I just learned so much from them. I'm so privileged to have such uh, amazing kind of like seniors at like a really mm. early stage. And so I was really lucky. But the problem is, is that if you don't have those kind of uh, close mentors, then then what do you mm. do? Um, I had a, a, like a couple of situations where I, th I think I kind of got very easily undermined because I think my personality just tends to the kind of oh uh, can you is it, would it I'm sorry to trouble you you know I'm a bit like that anyway and I still I'm like that yeah, now yeah. but like I was like that way way more as an F1 and I just got mm. kind of walked all over and I remember once when I was on call and I saw this person who just basically had a gangrenous to like foot that literally was just about to fall off it was just horrendous it was horrendous mm. and and um i called up the surgical registrar and this uh, the surgical registrar disemboweled me i mean i don't know if they're a gi reg but they disemboweled me over the telephone is awful mm. and mm. um i was like really like, i was a bit shaken up i was a bit like oh i don't know what to do like this this is really mm. horrible like i'm really sorry like mm. I, I obviously said something wrong I, like i didn't even know what i'd done wrong but this registrar was like mm. why are you even calling me you obviously and then mm. there's stuff like oh you obviously have no idea what you're talking about have you and you know mm. have you got your reg to see the patient you know all that stuff i'm like oh I'm yeah sorry. Well, i'm sorry tough, yeah, i'm so yeah. sorry i haven't i'm sorry i'll just go like and mm. so then i went and told my reg i was like oh do you mind seeing this patient because their toes about to fall off and then you mm. know then they've got all of the peas i remember the peas they've got all of those the peas they are there and they're no they're not there they're bad the bad peas the, the peel, mm. pit, pulseless, all that stuff. <laughs> I knew all that. And then the yeah. registrar's like, well, you've given me enough information. What's the problem? And I was like, oh, well, the registrar said that I needed to get you and basically called me an idiot oh, along those lines. And I think the, my mm. reg, it was amazing, actually, because my reg at the time, uh, he just, he could see that I was obviously like a little bit upset. And he was like, right. And I was like, it's a bit like, I don't know, like when... Um, I don't know, your mum finds out they're being bullied and she like rolls up her mm. sleeves and she's like, right, we're going to go to the school. Let's go find this person. She was like, uh, he was like that. And he like phoned up the surgical reg and I was a bit like, oh, okay, all right, it's, mm. it's going on. And he like called mm. the surgical reg and it was amazing. It was amazing because it was like, it's this type of, this kind of behaviour from the med reg that um, it was just like, it was alpha, but obviously in a beta setting because mm. <laughs> we still were like nerds. We're all nerds, all nerds. But yeah. it was like the most alpha thing that I've ever seen from like a medridge where he just basically dressed down the surgical ridge and I was like oh my god I'm in awe of this guy like he just he stood mm. up for me and it meant mm. so much I was like oh wow that's really cool so um so yeah, well, that's a really positive experience isn't it I guess in the end yeah, yeah. because that guy stood up for me and then the surgical ridge like you know it all ended up fine um you know that's not a great think, story is it I, no 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 I think I mean I relate there there was um you know it's amazing this has come up because um as I've, as I've talked about, I had a really tough time training as a radiologist and there was a point where I was flunking the exams and um, I'm sure people relate to this. Anyone who's failed out there will know what it's like because when you fail an exam, it's as if like all of a sudden that defines you and everyone's looking at you. That's what it feels like. People start looking at you like a failure. People start treating you like a failure. It doesn't matter whether you're good at your job or not good at your job. You, you failed those exams and therefore you're not good enough. And it started to get to the point where the training program director was being quite negative. My education supervisor was being quite negative. Um, I started noticing people throwing in like, like a few remarks here and there that weren't very nice. Um, and I was feeling really, really down about it. Really, really down. Mm. And um, I remember... Um, I was talking to someone and I said to them, listen, you know, like um, if every time like, I work as hard as I can and they, it just feels like these guys are out to get me. I don't know what it, I mean, I know what it is because I keep failing these exams, but they're really out to get me. Like whatever I do, they keep putting it in my portfolio. They keep writing this stuff. They keep mm. telling me I'm rubbish. Like, you know, it's really affecting me. And then the person said to me, um, listen, Imran, uh, 
there's two scenarios here. Number, scenario number one is they are out to get you and they all don't like you and they're going to take you out. All right, that's scenario number one. Number two, it's all in your head. They're not trying to get you and um, this is all a coincidence. Mm. But how does that affect the way that you work? And I was like, how do you mean? He goes, does that mean that you can do a good job or a bad job? And I was like, I guess you're trying to ask me like why I'm even here in the first place. And he's like, yes, that's what I'm trying to ask you. Why are you here in the first place? Is it because you want to do a good job of being a doctor? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, so then it doesn't matter. Just go do a good job of being a doctor and they can do whatever they want. And actually that helped me so much to be able to compartmentalize these things and actually things started getting better once I stopped worrying about what these guys are up to. And they got up to a lot and I'll talk about that later. They did a whole load more after that. Mm. But at least it didn't hurt me as much as it used to. Like it really hurt me when they took me down like that and said negative things. But the interesting thing is, is that even at that point, you're, you're a registrar, right? Or you're- a... Yeah, I was much, I was pretty senior. I was like ST3, yeah. ST4. I mean, and the thing now. is, is that even like, even that far into training, like we're still having to learn that lesson. But when, mm. it's, it must be so much more difficult when you're an F1 or a medical student. And we mm. see like lots of examples of um, people taking advantage or perhaps just kind of pushing the boundary of what's kind of acceptable Mm. In, uh, like uh, in the way that they, we, we treat the medical students um, mm. there was that thread by Ollie who um, talked about how they had a medical student teaching and then mm. the person just came late and was like well we're going to finish about 15 minutes late but you don't have any other teaching after this so you know and then just mm. kind of like pushed on with stuff which I think is a bit inconsiderate bearing in mind that these medical students are still adults and they might have children or other commitments and mm. things but they just kind of like mm. pushed on pushed on with it and um, mm. and then when Ollie rightly kind of was put out by it and tweeted about it fair enough like uh, mm. and then you did see consultants being like well they mm. they should be grateful that the seniors are giving them time to, they're giving them their valuable time to teach like as if like oh thank you thank mm. you so very much I mean there's medical students are paying money to learn mm. and also mm. that's also contributing to your wages like as a doctor we are a part of our mandate is to, to teach so well done on doing your yeah. job um, like but I think there's a discrepancy with everyone's motivations here because what I often find is that you know the people who are in charge of your teaching you know quotation mm. aren't actually into teaching they don't they do very little mm. teaching right you go to a teaching hospital yeah it's in their contracts to be teaching but they they don't re they want you to do the work so they can do something else you know like um i just think there is a massive discrepancy between people's expectations and what people really want yeah. it's the same as like so many things we talk about like when people teach there's a few things that are going on here first of all there could be someone who genuinely likes to teach like yeah, me. I yeah, like I think, yeah I um but then there's other people who get off on it in terms of like they get the idea that they're superior right they're doing it to m massage their own ego or you know by doing it they get further in what they want to get to uh you know in terms of getting accolades to get into unis and publications, yeah. all sorts of stuff you know and so i think when you've got that idea that you know different people are teaching for different reasons you start to have this sort of problem where you bump into someone that's doing it for egotistical purposes and then therefore they're not going to be nice because you know they're doing it to massage only go why, why does it matter what you're up to like who cares so um you know i, I this reminds me of when i was um uh, when we start first first started doing clinics i had to do a presentation to someone who's a, like an educational supervisor who's an oncology consultant and then um, i went and found him and i said look i've got to present some some histories to you i didn't even know what history was really like this is literally <laughs> the first the first like you know uh, experience of a medical student so I sat down in his room and he just looked at me really angrily, like his eyes were like, hmm. 
and I was like, what's, what's with this guy, man? So I started doing a terrible, I mean, clearly it was a terrible history. It was my first ever history ever. Mm. And he just started having a massive go at me. He's like, who do you think you are? And I was oh, like, excuse wow. me? Mm. He literally said, who do you think you are? I was like, sorry? Because this is not history. You're dangerous. And I was like, sorry, I mean, this is my first history. I don't know, you know, like if you've got something to tell me, then I can approve it. He said, no, this is, this is absolutely like, you can't, you can't, this is not history. This is not the way to do that. And he went on and on and on, right? Blasting me, right? And then I was like, what's with this guy? And then he goes, all right, give me your book so I can give you a mark, right? So I gave him my book and, you know, this is actually really silly. Uh, some, I had some aftershave in my bag mm. and the aftershave had spilled over the book and it's kind of made all the pages, <laughs> stick, to, <laughs> the pages stick together. So I gave it to him and he was like literally peeling apart and you hear the... And he goes, what on earth is this? Why are the, why are the pages stuck together? <laughs> aftershave, and I, okay. And I was like, oh yeah, uh, my aftershave had like... And he goes, and he threw it back at me. He goes, you're a mess. And I went, okay. And I, went, I picked it up. And he goes, we should meet again. I was like, I don't, I don't know no, if we too. want to meet again. You know, I don't know about this. He goes, no, no, I want you to meet again. And we're going to go through histories again when you get a new book and you've actually know what you're doing. And I said, okay, well, you know what? Um, let me check my diary. I'm free on. And he goes, I don't care when you're free. Why are you telling me when you're free? It, it matters when I'm free. And I was like, wow. Okay, man, that's cool. And that's when you realize that mm. this guy is not about like teaching me anything. He's getting off on this. He's enjoying the fact that he can bully me and push me around because I'm just a young medical student, mm. you know? And this is this is the problem. When you have people with these kind of agendas, these aren't the people you need to be learning from. You avoid those kind of people, you know? Yeah. Uh, just avoid, avoid, avoid. You, you well, never then, learn anything from these people. What if they yeah. allocated your educational supervisor? Then we're stuck. Well, this is what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, remember what I said, dilute, dilute, dilute? Yeah. So if you've got one guy that's giving you grief, yeah, yeah. you go find the people that are not going to give you grief, get loads of good marks on those guys, and then present to that person. They might say, well, I still don't think you're very good. You go to ARCP and say, one person didn't think I was very good, but I've got about 20, 30 people saying I'm great. So what are you going to do? I swear, though, like if, if um, well, when you do that website, I, I think there would be so much stuff that medical students are kind of subjected to, but they just kind mm. of have to let it kind of slide because they're like, this is so ridiculous, like... How, how is this mm. even a thing? Like I got a message from one uh, medical student saying that she was just kind of like standing in an area and some a nurse just came up to her and like physically just kind of shoved her to the side to like walk past. So it's like just like basic, just like basic human, like to be like, mm. excuse me, can I get past? <laughs> like that was too much because and so to like assert some kind of you're not welcome here type thing this whole mm. kind of bizarre behaviour they're just like so throwing strange. power but it's a power play isn't it they just want to show that they've got some sort of power over it someone else it is so or... pathetic it's so transparent it's so pathetic mm. I don't know why people have to behave this way like it's just it makes it's, no it's sense it's a shame isn't it yeah. it shouldn't be like that it shouldn't be like that uh, maybe this backward mentoring would be, make people think twice before they uh, you well, know they. Um... I don't know mate because I mean yeah that, okay for doctors fine but there is this whole thing mm. I mean look I'm married I've married to a nurse and like a uh, um, you know, I've got lots of. Oh, this sounds terrible, but I've got lots of friends who nurses. But the point, mm. my point is, is that sometimes though, you feel like you can't say anything because there's this whole. It's bleated out every year, isn't it? When new doctors are starting, like always listen to what the nurses say. If the nurse mm. says they're worried, mm. then you've got to run. You don't walk, you run. And you're like, mm. okay, all right, settle down. Like, you know, mm. can we not apply some kind of, I don't know, acumen, like some kind of judgment here? No, no, you're just going to run, right? Oh, they said, uh, like, you need to come over here. I don't know. And you used to run. Like, it's just a bit, there's this kind of like warped, I don't know, jingo jingoism. Like, it's just like some kind of weird, I don't what's the right word? But like, just, I don't know. Kind of bizarre. I guess they're just trying to get you to try and take their, their opinion seriously. Because, you know, I remember um, as a junior anyway, 
it. People used to be a little bit derogatory towards the nursing staff, which I think now looking back was a real shame. I wish I, I could have been and should have been nicer um, to people. I mean, I think I got along with most of them and stuff, but I think on call I could have. Been, I was a little bit abrupt when I was getting all these phone calls about stuff. And um, you know, I think the point really is that it's difficult to really know, isn't it? I mean, I'll be one day. I think I would love to hear your story. I'd love to hear your story how you how you managed to marry. Marry your, ner- your, your <laughs> marry nurse. Marry my nurse. Oh, God. Yeah, marry your nurse. Oh yeah. I'm sure she'd love that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, mm. you don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the first, like, I've only ever thrombolized a STEMI once. And when I mm. did it, that was completely, completely at the guidance of a CCU nurse. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. And mm. um, she, you know, she was like, don't worry. The ECGs will mm. look a bit worse, but don't worry, that mm. happens. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, cool, 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 cool. And they're like, now you, have to, now you have to read through this questionnaire with the page. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Mm. And I'm like shaking my pants, like, oh my God, why is there someone else here? Like, I need someone else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, don't get me wrong. I just kind of like wonder though, maybe if that's, if that's like a kind of power play for medical students, because medical students just seem to be treated especially badly, in my opinion. Mm. I just, just don't know where yeah. that comes from. No, I, I agree. It's I mean, like, like a hierarchy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they're, they're hierarchy all the way down. Yeah, all they're the way not down kids. To, None of them are kids. Even if they come straight out of school, you know, like 19, 18, 19, it just doesn't seem, Mate, it seems weird. I remember one consultant, this while as a reg, says to me, yeah, I treat the, I treat the registrars like a teacher to treat my kids. And I'm like, oh, right, that's kind of nice. Well, how, how old are your kids by then? She goes, five. <laughs> right, good. Like, wow, all good. right. I'm like a good. 20-something-year-old man and you treat me like a five-year-old. Yeah. But that just shows you the mentality of some people. They just... They like that, you know, and there's nothing you can change. It's just annoying, annoying. I find, you know, I find, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I find um, these kind of personalities very difficult. And unfortunately, there's a lot of them, especially in these 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 positions of power. Uh, you know, the people who, my experience of it anyway, and maybe I've got this wrong and people on Twitter, no doubt, like uh, tell me whether I'm wrong or right. But people who, TPDs, education advisors, uh, people on the ARC panels, they're kind of weird. They're, they're, you know, like... No, I, I, because what I found, right, when I was there anyway, there'll be like, um, you know, there'll be like, you know, at the time I was running this website on how to get into radiology and they'll say to me, you're not dedicated to radiology enough. And I'm like, hang on, I'm trying to help people get in. Like, how is that? How am I not dedicated to radiology? Right. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, my dad got ill during my training and I said, well, you need to make a choice about, you know, what you really want and you can't be doing everything at the same time. And I'm thinking like, listen, yeah, yeah. I'm between the ages of what, 25 or 20, 27, all the way to a whole lot of life happens during that time. Your parents are going to get sick. You're going to have kids. You're going to get married. You're going to have marital problems. You know, there's so many things that happen in those years. Yeah. Like you can't always be the perfect, the perfect doctor at these formative times of your life. Like these, you're getting married, you know, things are happening. And I just think that these people, when they look back, they don't remember that stuff. Mm. They must have forgotten what it was like to be a young person, to be going through training, to have these things happening. How did you get like that? I just kind of wonder. But I mean, I'm making the conscious effort to try and remember what it was like. So mm. every time someone ever, you know, has someone gets ill or something, he's like, dude, just take as much time as you want out. Like, I'll cover for you, whatever needs to be done. But I think we just forget. Maybe we forget. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like people get surprised when a medical student, you know, I remember once someone told me, you know, Imran, this medical student didn't know how many folds there are in the cerebellum. And I thought, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not a medical, <laughs> that's not a medical student thing. That's yeah. not, that's not. And he was like, but he was so far gone to the other end of knowledge that mm. for him now basic was yeah. a number of folia in a cerebellum. And now that's the medical student knowledge, when actually it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Anyway. What's a folia though? <laughs> it's like a little fold. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. But anyway, cool, cool. yeah, you know, my point is like, um, I think there's a point where people get so advanced in where they are that they forget what basic is. Yeah. Or maybe they enjoy thinking that, oh, well, that's basic 
for me. I know, you? it's so it's just weird, isn't it? The thing is, though, do you yeah. not feel that... I kind of wonder, because I, I certainly still feel... I don't feel all that different from when I was, like, 16, 17 in my mind. Like, I still feel, mm. like, kind of... I mean, obviously, there are things... Like, I know that I react to situations different than I would have done then. But in some mm. ways, I kind of still feel a bit like the same person. Although, when I was at medical school, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be a doctor. Like, I just didn't seem kind of real. And sometimes mm. I do find catch myself being like, oh, yeah, I'm actually a doctor now. That's so weird. Mm. And, like, I kind of... I kind of wonder, do people not do that anymore? Do they just kind of... Oh, yes, you know, that's behind me now. Oh, I was a... Tr-. Like, do they forget that, like, mm. you know, sh- uh, nappies and stuff? Oh, well, I guess you would forget that, but... Yeah, maybe... Well, I don't know. Maybe they just know. get think they're born with knowledge. I mean, I, I had one cousin. I remember when I was really struggling with exams, I said to her, honestly, look, I need some help here. I, I, how do you study? Like, you seem to be doing quite well. And she goes, I don't study. So oh, good. Like, all right, that's very helpful. And she goes, no, I don't study. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I saw a whole bunch of notes in a room and I thought, ah, it's typical, isn't it? You know, just trying to put me down. What a surprise. People are weird, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, yeah, I really wanted to talk about, we're coming up to 50 minutes and I really think we should just hit this next subject. Oh, the, the GP. The GP manifesto. So um, basically the tweet was, uh, basically we got tagged in it and straight away I saw it and I thought, you know what, we definitely need to have this in there. Ivy Grove um, GP surgery publicized a PDF, uh, basically just giving an update about what's going on with their surgery. I think the, the intention of it was to try and update their patients about certain things. But you know, like have you have you ever watched Jerry Maguire? Have you ever watched Jerry Maguire, the movie? Uh, I've seen bits of it, never all the way through. Oh, mate. Oh, God, I know. Come on, I man. Know. What's wrong with I, me? I feel like... Uh, through. Okay, anyway, so Jerry Maguire... Yeah, I mean, hopefully some of you guys have seen it. He he was an agent and he was working for a very, very big company, had multiple uh, sports people he was working for. And one night he has this class of conscience and thinks to himself, you know what? I want to work with fewer fewer, fewer um, clients. I want to have one or two sports people I work with and give them like more focused attention. That's what we want. Mm. That's going to be the future of this company. And he's, he stays up all night and writes an entire document and gives it to everyone, everyone, right? And it's called The Things We Think But Do Not Say. That's what it's called, right? And the next day, everyone's cheering him on like, that is awesome, mate. You literally said exactly what we're thinking. But they also know that he's going to get fired because <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that. Right. And this is, this is literally yeah. the same thing. The, the things thing. we think but do not say, mm. and whoever said that's probably in a lot of trouble because of what they've said. There are so many things that this document is like, you know, like when I remember when we were doing history lessons, people used to talk about like what a, what a good piece of literature would be or like a good... Um, source for information was and we take into bias, take into account bias and all that kind of stuff I think for medicine this should be like for me it felt like compulsory reading it was like it literally hit every single point that people don't want to hear but I think we do know is it's kind of true like you like yeah you know what you're you're right you're right about that I, I agree with you and so, like, um, I took a few notes. I, I, not that I took any too far, but I, I took I downloaded on my PD on my iPad all sixteen pages I read, and I took notes. It feels like I'm studying again, Trusha. <laughs> this whole thing has made me study again. I think so. We should we should acknowledge yeah, is is that I mean ultimately. The, the people who've kind of contributed to this document are obviously suffering. They're obviously going through mm. some really like it's and it's it's awful, right? It's yeah, that, yeah it's I mean, clear. this is thing. That's, that's why it's so insightful. It's so insightful. But amazingly, I feel like we could all relate to a lot oh, of this. Yeah. And and even me, who is not very patient facing, I relate to so much of what is being said in this. Right? Mm-hmm. Like for example, they're talking about they're busier than ever before. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely going to be the case. But they're talking about like, um, you know, like patients have got zero tolerance for pain or zero tolerance for suffering. That's what they they infer. 
And the point is like, you know, they get an earache for one day and they call it the GP the next day where they should really have an earache for, earache for like a day, maybe see how it goes and then see if it disappears. The point being that time is a bit, a bit of a healer and you don't need to get, you don't need to get professional treatment every single time for every little thing. And it reminded me of when I was in A&E back in the day and I was working with this, um, this guy who'd, who'd come from India and he said to me, you know what Imran, I'd never seen a sprained ankle till, till I came to the UK. And I was like, how's that possible? You've never seen a sprained ankle? He goes, think about it. In India, yeah, you've got to pay to see the doctor. If you've got a sprained ankle, you ain't going to pay that kind of money to go find us. You walk it through, you walk it off and it disappears and it never comes to you. But here, I see so many sprained ankles, like all the time, every day, like I see sprained ankles. And it's just another one of the situations that like, you know what, you, you kind of have a point. I mean, there's better ways of saying it, but mm. yeah, you do have a point. Maybe people should be not so ze zealous about... Um, about seeing their doctor. Um, the other thing is, um, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think people are too quick to get medical attention or do you think they should just see them at the, the drop of a hat as it was, which is what this document was talking about? I guess it depends on perspective, right? In terms of, I mean, as the system stands, it's kind of, it's very much along the lines of, um, I mean, the kind of provision of it is, if we're kind of going according to Maslow's hierarchy of need, it's kind of going mm. along is getting closer to, closer and closer to like survival um mm. and i kind of wonder though if aspirationally we were hoping for a system that perhaps was a bit more encompassing i think it'd probably be okay and i think what it ends up coming down to is these these poor people are just obviously like understaffed and overworked and mm. i think if they had loads of them there then i think it, this wouldn't be an issue wouldn't it but, well but i think like, yeah and so they and unfortunately i think the kind of line they've taken though and i think probably you know like i, I did some memes right which i thought were funny and then in retrospect i was like, oh, actually you know I can, like um i did feel kind of bad because i was like oh it, it, this is this is written by someone in duress like uh, I did feel mm. that but at the same time I just kind of wondered if perhaps they're kind of some of the because the way some of it's written is kind of vitriolic isn't it because it's like um, yeah I mean this is what I mean these are the things you think but do not say yeah, right? you, but no, you even don't like, say stuff like this even some of it is just a bit kind of it's a bit mean, like some of it's been mean like oh you know we have this thing and you guys are just not engaging with it along those lines yeah yeah and you're talking about they're talking about the you know going on the internet and actually yeah, being able to fill out the forms oh. and all this stuff and they're like, oh, it's but simple to use could... I'm like well maybe it's not if it's so simple to use like why mm. what is wrong I mean there's something wrong right and so you can decide when you've got a product and nobody's buying mm. it or nobody's utilising it like mm. you can be like oh yeah the problem's with everyone else but that's not going to mm. get that's not going to improve your product is it like um no that's true that's a very good point that's a very good point but i mean yeah no you're right you're completely right there i mean if, if people are not engaging with it there must be a problem with with the system that you're trying to pull across but there was there was a couple of things with especially with the system they were talking about how uh, people are kind of being a little bit disingenuous about what they're putting in to try and get themselves seen or you know uh, when things are uh, things are non-urgent are deemed as urgent and I see this all the time in what we do because you know like uh, this I think a long time ago people said you know you're Imran you're a doctor's doctor that's what you really are and actually I, reading this document made me feel like you know I, I believe that I can relate to this because I'm always getting phone calls telling me that this is the this is the most urgent scan in the hospital mm. or it is the most urgent scan in the hospital and when everything's urgent nothing's yeah, urgent do you see what I mean mm. And that's exactly what this document says. When everything's urgent, it's nothing urgent. Because whenever, like even the GP themselves, right? I'm, I'm not saying all GPs are like this, but you know, they'll write, they'll write something to get that scan done sooner. It's a target scan because it gets needs to get done sooner. They'll write something like, oh, you know, there's been extensive weight, you know, significant weight loss. And then you look at the scan from like now and then two years ago, 
They look exactly the same. There's no weight. They look. They, there's, there's been no weight loss. They look exactly the same. I'm not going to call them up on it. I'm just saying, like you know, everyone's kind of doing what they've got to do. And I think that we we do it ourselves as doctors. Mm, yeah. We're playing the system to get what we want. And when you see patients do it, it's like we're the same, really, yeah, exactly. aren't we? We're doing so, the same thing. And so therefore, on different different you know areas. Exactly. Um, so. Rather than, I think that that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Rather than focusing on perhaps blaming individuals, we kind of should wonder about the kind of uh, the circumstances and the f- uh, framework in which people are operating, which leads mm. them to you to have to game the system, isn't it? To kind of um... well, exactly like you know, for example, if a patient, I remember when I talked to family, friends, and stuff, they'll say, "I, l- I really love my GPs. Why do you love my G- your GP? It's because they give me what I want." And I was like, I don't, that doesn't sound like a good GP to me if you get what you want, because half the time I don't think you know what you want. But the point is, the same thing happens to me. Like when people say, I want the scan and I say no, they feel like I, I'm not a very good way. And they'll go, they'll actually go and find the person that will just say yes to them. And that's the person they like. That's mm-hmm. a good radiologist, right? Regardless of the fact that I might be saying no for very, very good reasons. And I think there is so much here that I think as doctors, we should be able to relate to. And the frustrations that this person feels they should be able to relate to those frustrations too if they were the patient. Mm. So when this GP is asking for a scan and want to get it done sooner, they might play the system. The same way the patient is going to play up their symptoms to get seen by the doctor sooner. It's exactly the same, right? And, you know, when they get disappointed that a scan doesn't go through or their referral doesn't go through, it's the same way a patient feels when they come in. They don't, they don't get what they want when they go to see the doctor. There, there are so many things that are relatable in this, and this is why I think it's such an important document. Like, again, another thing you, you probably, you know, it's a thing we think, but we do not say. Like, have you never had this patient where they almost, they feel like they're blaming you for their problems? Mm. As, if, as if, like, I think I had one patient and she was just having a go at me. And I'm like, well, I didn't say anything, obviously. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call them up on it. But they were like, I think, so I did not, I did not come out in the middle of the night and give you your problems. Yeah. I, did, I didn't go and make you sick. I don't want you to be sick. I'm trying to help you here. But you're, you're treating me as if I've, I've done this to you. And this is what, you know, I'm actually, I'm getting some sort of like pleasure from your situation when that's not the situation at all. And so I think there's that sort of, you know, that discrepancy in like some people's opinions of what doctors are doing and what doctors want. Like there's a massive mistrust sometimes, you know, with like even the vaccination thing. You've got world experts telling you that this is the right thing to do. You've got, you know, scientists have worked billions and billions and billions spent on these vaccinations, right? And what's really going to make a difference? Nadi Hussain. Get Nadi Hussain to say, you lot should take the vaccine. Not the doctors. You know, they'll, they'll employ celebrities to try and push people to get the vaccine. Who's Nadi because Hussain? It's clean. Nadi Hussain's a lady that won Bake Off years ago. Uh, okay. But, you know, when it, like, it just shows you, like, the, the mistrust people have for, like, the medical professions, the government, and all that kind of thing. If we say, look, the vaccine's a good thing to have, no one listens. You get a celebrity who's got nothing to do with anything beyond baking a cake. I'm not taking anything away from her achievements. Mm. But this is hardly the same the same area of expertise. Yeah. But they, you know, they're not give, they're given more more credence over over us, right? That is one thing that COVID has kind of made me think actually. That you know, it kind of makes you wonder like what it is that make people like snap or like realize oh actually realize that something's actually going on. Because I've read a tweet mm. somewhere where someone was along the line saying something along the lines of aliens could literally come to the to the, this planet and be walking the streets and just vaporizing people, just turning them into pools of blood on the floor and it'd be happening before people's eyes. And there'd still be some people being like, no, they're not. You know, like, mm. it's just, it's just yeah, amazing. Yeah. The capacity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the thing, like, it's amazing what people think of. Like, this document, again, you know, like today, I was telling you through, I needed to get the boiler man in. 
And, um, you know, the boiler man was telling me what was going on in my boiler. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. You're the boiler man. You, t- <laughs> you, you tell me and I'll, I'll, I'll believe what you say. Yeah. But again, this document touches on exactly the same subject, hmm. right? You don't go to the boiler man and tell him you don't know what you're talking about, mate. I'm the one that lives here every single day. You're telling me the valve has gone wrong. I'm telling you the valve is not wrong. I'm telling you something else is wrong, right? But it happens all the time with healthcare. You get patients come in and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. I've got to live in this body. I know what I'm doing. Is that Well, actually, you kind of don't. Hmm. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm trying to help you. Hmm. And I don't think people appreciate that. And I think a lot of this, and I, I, this is where I worry about, you know, this podcast and where it's going, like uh, how, how much trouble I could get into <laughs> but saying what I say. Hmm. But just hear me out. I think I went to a wedding once. And um, someone, uh, there were some you know, people who were quite well off and they were telling me how they had to see a GP privately and how much of a rip-off it was. And so why was it a rip-off? And so, oh, you know, it cost me hundreds of pounds to go see the GP and the treatments. And I thought, doesn't sound like a rip-off to me, mate. Like, why, you, why would you say it's a rip-off? And the only reason they thought it was a rip-off is because they otherwise would get it for free off the NHS, right? They wanted to see the GP sooner, so they, willing, they had to pay for it. And then they had to pay market value for whatever it was, mm. right? And so by, by being in the NHS, we've almost devalued ourselves because people don't realize how expensive an asset we are yeah. and how valuable we are and our time is. In fact, like I was doing a Barham study once and a patient was like, do you have a newspaper? I was like, no, I don't have a newspaper. Like, what kind of place is it? You can't even afford to give me a newspaper. I'm like hang on, right. like, you know, we're paying for that machine, the barium, the, the person is helping me, my time, the consultant time, you know, the newspapers where we've gone cheap here, like seriously. Mm. And I think, I think people don't really realize like how valuable it is that, you know, if you go to another country, look at America, how much it will cost you to see, get half the treatment that you get. What you do through shows is so valuable. Oh, thanks, you know, man. people are, no, it is true. Like people are doing what you do in America, making millions and millions of pounds off it, millions and millions of dollars doing what they do, what you do right now. But you do it for free. But then you go over there and people say, that's a ripoff. It may be a ripoff. It may not be. But it's market value. That's what people are willing to pay for. And I think that the NHS is some, in some respects devalued because we're, we're trying to look after patients. We're trying to make them feel like you, you are always open for you. But maybe they should be aware of like what's really going into this. Mm. You know, there were talk, there was talk a while ago to, you know, show the bill f- to the patients and show them, look, this is how much it costs. Mm. We ain't charging you, but you should be aware that this is how much it costs and maybe that you'd appreciate that you, d- you kind of got it for free, mm. which is an amazing, amazing service. And I think that when someone comes in and doesn't, you know, tries to get a professional opinion from a doctor and the doctor says to you, this is what you should do. And then you turn around and say, nah, mm. you got to wonder where you're coming from there. You don't, you're not valuing, valuing experts' opinion, the, the training, the, the expertise that's gone into making that decision. I just find that um, these are the kind of patients that avoid responsibility as well for their own health yeah. sometimes. They're, they're, not, they're not looking after themselves in the first place, but then you can't say it to them. Where do you think that started to go wrong? Because I remember like um, people talking about, I mean, obviously at the other side of things, we're encouraged, aren't we, to, for it to not, be, for, to not be paternalistic, for it to be mm. a kind of a didactic kind of, um, I don't know, um, a conversation, right? Consultations mm. are more like consultation, uh, conversations. Um, mm. So some, something's kind of gone wrong. Do you, uh, do you think it's simply at the kind of transactional stage where it's a case of, well, they get it for free, so they just they, they don't see the value in it there? Or do you think there's something wrong in the way that we've kind of portrayed ourselves as well? Like, um, there's, you know, there's Google and stuff as well, the internet, and do you think that's... Well, what do you... you know exactly that's talked about as well in this document this is why i think it's such a fantastic document whoever wrote it is <laughs> yeah. a genius yeah, yeah. 
genius. Honestly, they must have had a stroke of genius. They're, they're like the J.R. Tolkien of medicine. That's what happened. They woke up right. and wrote the, the manuscript yeah. of like medical world. Does that mean that... Exactly. Wait, so are, are we Gimli and Legolas? And which one? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm probably more of an orc. The one sits in the dark places and uh, squir- you know, squirms out every now and again and make, you know, makes an appearance in the movie and then disappears again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it talks about that too, like the the idea that you can go, like the idea that everything has to be sorted out right there and then. We're, we're living in a society of Netflix. It literally says in this document, we're living in a society of Netflix mm. where people just get what they want straight away. But health is not like that. Mm. Health is not like that. You can't you can't get things fixed straight away like you can order a pizza. Mm. Yeah, If the pizza's cold, you give it back and you get a refund. You don't, the medication doesn't work, you don't get a refund. You've got to keep trying something else. You've got to keep trying, else, trying something else. I think part of the problem is that we've taken the responsibility of healthcare away from the patients themselves. We've disempowered them somehow. Somewhere along the line, it's become the doctor's problem to look after them, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone someone who comes in who's not clearly looking after, and that happens, right? This happens to you. Someone's not clearly looking after themselves, they're smoking, they're drinking. I'm not saying there's, a, there's anything bad of those things, right? But if you tell them, listen, this is not a good thing that you're doing, it's actually harming you, and they carry on doing it, then, then who's in charge? Like, I mean, they're making that call on their own, but you're still probably going to get the blame from that person that, oh, you know, these doctors don't care about me, you know? So I think um, there were some really, really interesting things in this in this document. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess uh, we could go on about this I for know, ages. It's, it's I, I literally wrote like so much in this. Um, Is it a bit? When s- we do have the website, I'm going to put it up as a PDF that people could download. Do you think, <laughs> be, do you think it'd be out of order? I think we should. I don't know. I think we should track what they do because I wonder if I wonder if it will probably get retracted. I mean, the amount of heat it's getting, I wonder if it will kind of get retracted. I I heard it's already been replaced. I heard it's already been replaced. I think someone someone said, I've already downloaded it. I know you've already replaced it. So it's already been replaced, which is a shame because it really was the things we think but do not say. So wait, does that make make me a douchebag that I kind of did a meme about it, kind of mocking it? I just don't know. Because... No, I mean, yeah, but you've always been a douchebag. Yeah, I I guess so. It's brand. It's on brand, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's so mean. Cardiology. Yeah, go wrong. Yeah. So me right now. Yeah, I was just all happy. the conversations. Yeah, yeah all, the, all the conversations. I was just trying to bring it back to have... cardiology. I was like, wait a second, people aren't bitching about cardiology anymore. That's not right. Oh, yeah. to bring it back. Well, you know what? Like, I think what you said in the very first episode is probably the most accurate description of this entire podcast. Two medical bozos yeah, talking true. about social media. That's true. It's exactly what it is: a radiologist and a cardiologist. Yeah. What do we know? As if we know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, if anyone can get hold of this manuscript. I'd highly recommend it. It's for, good for a giggle. Yeah. It's a proper Jerry Maguire moment where you're like, yes, mate. Mm. That is, that's exactly what we needed to be said, but you're not going to do very well from this. Or maybe you meet Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, save his career. Uh, and uh, that wonderful story about Rainier Zellweger and... Um, oh, he had me, uh, he had me uh, hello. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like how we met, A lovely it? line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. We... Yeah, cool, cool. We... Anyway, I think we should probably end it there. Yeah. Anyway, um, have a good... Thank you so much for everyone that listened. Again, another record week of downloads. Oh. Amazing where it's going. Oh, and before we yeah. go, we should say, um, please, please, please uh, watch uh, Rohan Francis's video, Med Crisis. Um, yes, yes. He is talking about the kind of... Uh, the plight... Um, well, the, you know, the horrible, horrible situation that's going on in India, please uh, donate. Yeah, so when I tweet this, I'll, I'll link his video and I'll link uh, all of the links. If you can donate to India, I mean, look at what's going on there. Honestly, mm. unbelievable. My heart to everyone out there and all your families. Mm. It's, it's a very difficult thing to watch and, and to believe. Mm. I mean, it must be like a horror movie out there. So uh, hopefully everyone can put some prayers towards them if that's the kind of thing you do. Or maybe make a small donation and, and to Medlife Christ. What's his name? Ro- what's his name again? Rohin. Ro- 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 Rohin Francis. 
Rohin, Rohin, yeah. uh, great job, mate. If you ever do listen to this, really, really well done. I really appreciate the work that you're doing to try and uh, put a put a magnifying glass on the situation out there. Anyway, cool. have a good week, everyone. Thank, Thank you for listening. And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mike with Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gwadna. Thank you for listening.